0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Horror Room Podcast. It is July 2nd, 2021. Let's start off by reminding you lovely people to go to the YouTube channel. Um, Just go on YouTube, search for The Horror Room, and then add True Kill Counts. You should be able to find it from there. Um, Share it with your friends. Let's get the numbers up to 300. Um... I know last time, in the last podcast, I was talking about the future of the channel and how I'm not sure if I'm going to continue doing it. Um, I do want to, don't get me wrong. But if the numbers aren't there, I'm not going to be able to have the domain name for the youtube.com slash the room. Um, and obviously I wouldn't have the viewers. Um, I can't remember how many viewers I have right now on there. It's a little over 100, so it's not, it's not bad. It's getting close. But if you guys really want to continue to see the content on that site and obviously continue listening to this, that would be a big help. Um, needless to say, uh, just a little bit of quick update. Um, I've got some major stuff in the works in my personal life, which is going to lead to more opportunities uh, to get more horror stuff eventually. So I would like to continue doing... The show in some manner on the side. I just need to invest in a better camera, obviously, and work on all that. But enough about all that. Let's dive right into today's topics. Um, we're talking about two trailers today. Uh, talking about one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. We're going to talk about one of the best horror toy lines of all time that got kind of forgotten. And we're also going to talk about horror conventions. Um, But first up on the agenda, um, I watched the brand new Candyman trailer. Um, I think it dropped like a week, maybe two weeks ago. Could have been a little longer. But um, I admit when I first saw the original, the teaser, I wasn't too impressed. Plus, I mean, I'm probably going to get shot for this, but I'm not a big, huge fan of uh, Jordan Peele. uh, His movies, anyways. I like him on Key & Peele, of course, you know, funny stuff. But his horror films, I don't know, they, they just all seem to be about jealousy. Because um, I guess in the Get Out, you could say that the the white people were jealous of what they thought uh, black people had that they didn't, so they were trying to become them, and just weird pseudo-fucked-up racism uh, movie, thought, statement, you know, whatever you want to call it. I just, I didn't even bother watching it. I've heard it was good, but I just, I was like, eh, doesn't sound like something I'd be into. Um, And then Us was like doppelgangers, and they were jealous of the other people, but there was a twist. I I can't remember what it was. I think I heard about it, and I was just like, eh, doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Although we did get that cool, creepy version of, I've got five on it. (laughs) So that was kind of funny. Um but yeah, this new Candyman movie uh really piqued my interest with the new trailer. Um it looks like they're completely changing Candyman's backstory. Now, I could be wrong, but I think they didn't dive into his backstory until the sequels. Cause in the first movie it was about the uh the reporter and she was trying to discover like the legend of Candyman and I can't remember if they touched on it in the original or not. I'll have to go back and watch it before I watch the remake. Um, and that's, obviously, that's a thing that will bleed into my horror room channel. Because I like to do originals versus remakes. So, that would definitely be a, a topic that I could, uh, see myself doing if I end up watching the new one. But, um, so, spoilers. Spoilers, get ready. Um, apparently, in the new backstory for Candyman, um... He was handing out candy to children, like maybe the way they seemed to word it was like he's like the he's the nice neighborhood old fella or random guy. I don't know. But and then apparently some kids got razor blades in their candy and the parents hunted him down, hung him or beat him and hung him. And then the razor blades were still showing up in the candy. So obviously it kind of implies that he was innocent. That Or it's maybe like, a, oh, he's still doing it from beyond the grave. Um, I didn't really think about it this way until my friend pointed it out. It sounds a lot like the Freddy Krueger plot. Like, you know, the the creepy old guy did something maybe he shouldn't have. Except, I mean, I guess in Candyman's case, he's actually innocent. But in Freddy Krueger's case, he did that shit. He diddled those kids. <laughs> but, um you have the vengeful parents, and then the well. I guess Candyman became more of a legend than Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger was just kind of swept under the rug, the uh, the town rug, if you will. But yeah, the uh, the Candyman trailer did not look half bad. I can't remember the actor's name, but the lead guy. It kind of looks like he's somehow becoming Candyman, or maybe it's like going to be a passing of the torch type movie. Um, but I did hear that Tony Todd is gonna be in it, and I think you can hear him a little bit in the trailer um so if you guys watch that trailer, let me know what you think uh i think it I think it looks great i'll I'll check it out i mean I'll give it a chance at least um so yeah, that is my take on the candyman trailer. I have another trailer to talk about later, but we'll we'll get to that topic give me one second i need I need a drink so. Let's talk about the best zombie movie ever. And I mean, ever. Are you ready? Speaking of zombies, hold on, before I talk about this. Next next time I do this podcast, I almost said next week, um, whenever the hell I drop the next one, it's going to be zombie-themed. So get ready, because we're talking about straight-up zombies. So finally have a themed episode but back to my topic the best zombie movie ever some people would say night of the living dead or maybe dawn of the dead some maybe some people would say day of the dead those are great phenomenal movies don't get me wrong i love me some romero but then you're like okay well maybe he means the return of the living dead movie Z. I mean i guess um the first one eh, that's pretty good pretty good i don't take it seriously but it's a good movie but I would never consider any of the sequels great. So then you might say, oh, maybe he's talking about Fulci's Zombie. It's a classic. It's it's a pretty good movie, but I wouldn't call it the best zombie movie. I mean, it's got its share of flaws, the repetitive drums, the bad acting. Well, the bad voice dubbing, I guess. Um, but that's kind of the charm of some of Fulci's movies. And the sequels, obviously, they don't get any better. We're not going to talk about Killing Birds. Goddamn Killing Birds. Um. So then you might be thinking, oh, maybe he means like uh, City of the Living Dead or uh, Hell of the Living Dead or Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things or maybe something more current like Shaun of the Dead or 28 Days Later. No. I'm talking about Peter Jackson's Dead alive or brain dead if you're from the uk um it was i believe his second full-length picture his first one was a pretty cult classic oddity by the name of bad taste Uh, a lot of people like that movie i honestly i watched it meh i wasn't impressed i mean it was his first movie I, i cut him a little bit of slack i was like you know what whatever but man when i say he turned Dead Alive into a fucking cinematic... Like, I, it's got bad dialogue in some parts. It's got way over-the-top acting. Uh, the mother character, and especially everyone knows the, the infamous priest, the, I kick ass for the Lord! <laughs> that guy is fucking great. But I'm talking about the insanity that ensues during the final act in the movie. So... If you haven't seen Peter Jackson's *Dead Alive*, you're you're really fucking up right now as a horror fan. I'm I'm telling you, stop listening right now, and go watch it. Like, don't even finish my podcast. I'll forgive you. Sorry, I'll forgive you. Um, but yeah. So we're gonna go into the details of this movie, and I'm gonna just tell you how crazy it gets, uh, right from the get go. There's this nerdy Rick Moranis looking dude. And he's got a fucking a gun pulled on these tribesmen. And he's taking this crate from them. Or this, like, cage, whatever. No, actually, I think it is in a crate. Um, something like that. Anyways. Um, and, of course, he steals the the, the thing from them. And they chase him down. And he trips. They end up... Uh, him and his tour guide. They jump in a jeep with some other dudes. And they get... They get gone, and uh, the dude gets uh, bit by the, it's like a rat monkey thing. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's fucking hilarious, though. Um, He gets bit by it. They slam the brakes, and they, he's got the mark. (laughs) And they hold this guy's arm down and chop it off. And then they notice, oh, his other arm's got a scratch, too. Better be safe. And they chop that arm off. And then, of course, he has a scratch on his face, so they just fucking chop him and kill him. Um, the rat monkey thing finds its way to the UK, New Zealand, I think it's New Zealand, pretty much. Um, and ends up in a zoo. (laughs) So, yeah, they got this rat monkey thing that they don't fucking probably know what it is, but they're like, sure, let's keep it. Um... And you get to meet, uh what's his name, Lionel? I think his name's Lionel. Something really weird. Uh, this character, Lionel, I'm just going to call him Lionel, whether that's true or not. And his mom, um, and his mom's like overbearing and, you know, treats him like shit. He's a little whipping boy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then you have the love interest, which hasn't even met Lionel yet. Her name's Bakita, I believe. And her grandmother senses that, you know, she's going to find... Her true love, but this man will be surrounded by death. Like, okay, whatever. Um, Works in a morgue, cool. It's a good paying job. Anyways, uh, (laughs) so the two end up meeting, and the mom wants nothing of it. Um, He ends up taking her on a date to the zoo, and I think she goes there after him, or she's following him. And then this dumb bitch trips... And lands near the monkey cage. With the rat monkey. And of course it bites her. And she squishes its head with her fucking shoe I think it was. Maybe her bag. And it's like oozing out of its eyes and its mouth. And it's fucking great. Like it's so cheesy but it's awesome. Um, so yeah she's like oh take me home. So she basically cock blocks his date. Because um, this girl like... She meets him, and she's, like, madly in love with him from the get-go, and he's just fucking oblivious. I think she asked him out on the zoo date. So, it's like, geez, dude, come on. Um, but anyway, so he takes his mother home. She's getting real sick. He calls the nurse. Um, one thing leads to another. There's this really fucking nasty part in the movie. It's probably my favorite part, is when they're having, uh, her guests come over, and she's, like, super... Sick And she's decaying and falling apart. And they're... They're eating, like, soup and shit. And, um, uh, Like, the... The wife of this man... is She's, like, staring at the woman. Like, she's like, oh, you, you don't look very good. And, uh... He's kind of, like, trying to cover for her... Because he's afraid that she's gonna get pissed off when she's better. And then, uh... They're like, well, we, we better be going. And the... The man, he goes, what?! No pudding. It's so fucking stupid. But needless to say, he ends up almost eating her goddamn ear. It's really gross. Like out of all the things in this movie, that's the gross part. Um. So yeah, they leave. Um. The the mom ends up fully zombified, and he fucking takes her out. I think. Or he likes. Oh, he keeps, like, sedating her because he doesn't want to kill her. Um, So he's, like, injecting her with all these fucking tranquilizers and shit. Um, The nurse ends up getting fucking killed. So he's, like, tranking every zombie he comes across because he's, like, freaking out. And then his shady uncle shows up in town because he's, like. I don't know. I don't even know if he shows up until like after the well needless to say the mother character she she dies even though she's already dead she's a zombie they're trying to do the funeral Uh, a whole bunch of shit with her he has to re-dose her she falls out of the casket she looks fucking awful she's like literally like pus and blood and just it's, it's a shit show um and then he's he's going back because he needs to dig her body up and take her home. <laughs> and the priest co- comes out there and he's like fighting all these punk kids and he's like, oh, I kick ass for the Lord. And then <laughs> and then zombies show up and he somehow ends up infected and dead. So he takes the the priest guy with him back to his house and they're all like in the basement. And the priest dude fucks the nurse zombie and they have a zombie baby. I'm not kidding. Like normally if this was a serious zombie movie, it would piss me off. We'll get to that eventually. I'm going to talk about you already should know the Zack Snyder zombie movie. But anyways, this movie from the get-go, you know it's not to be taken seriously, but it's so fucking good. Like gore, craziness. It's it's and it's a fucking roller coaster. It's a thrill ride. So you're not going in it to find out, oh, let's see what serious repercussions the zombie apocalypse has. No. It's literally just contained to this dude's house, which is nuts. Um, so needless to say, the, uh, the crazy uncle dude shows up, and he's wants the inheritance, he wants the house or something, and he suspects that, uh, Lionel had something sinister to do, but he's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. He's like, I just want the money. Um... And there's this ridiculous scene between that and he fucking takes the zombie baby out to the park and shit. And he's like beating it up. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Like you can't help but laugh when you watch it because he's like kicking it and throwing it. And these ladies are watching and he's like waving like hello. (laughs) Like I don't know what CPS laws are like over in New Zealand, but they're pretty lax, I guess. Oh, I need a drink. Hold on. Ah, that was good. Um. So, anyways, he goes back to the house, and his uncle is having this big swinging get together. And I swear, everyone there looks like they're from the nineteen twenties with how they dress. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's set in the nineteen twenties, but um, yeah. And his his uncle is just being an asshole. He's drunk. He's sitting on bakita and everyone it's it's a wild crazy time and then the zombies break loose and start causing mayhem um there's so much to talk about in this movie like i don't even want to ruin that part because once they break loose it just becomes holy shit what are they going to do next and just when you think you've seen the craziest thing Something else happens. And. I'm not even going to tell you how the last half of the movie goes. But just know that it's a little bit of a wait for it to get crazy. But once it gets crazy it does not let up. And it has a pretty good ending. It's not like a fantastic ending. But it's. It leaves you satisfied. Um, so yeah. Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Who the fuck knew that Peter Jackson in horror would go together like peanut butter and chocolate. And Peter Jackson doesn't do horror anymore. What a fucking shame. What a disservice to the horror community, Mr. Jackson. I honestly don't know if he's done anything else since The Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Uh, Maybe he had something to do with the Hobbit movies. He probably did. I wouldn't be surprised. But come on, man. Like... Give us another Dead Alive. Remake it. Holy shit. Can you imagine? It would probably be toned down. Because they'd be like, oh, this is too goofy. But I don't know. Like I can see Peter Jackson doing it and doing it serious and making it fucking awesome. Or maybe uh, Guillermo del Toro, that guy. But I don't know. Maybe that's a little out of his, his league. He doesn't do the wacky stuff. Um... yeah Dead Alive great movie that's that's the point that you need to take away from all that Um, so before we get to the other trailer that I want to talk about um, I just wanted to briefly talk about horror conventions um, because I've seen a few announcements here and there for this year Uh, one of them that got me kind of excited was uh, it's in Fort Wayne Indiana I'm sure it's in other places too I can't remember what it's fucking called though I'm, I'm bad with these con names like I know Horror Hound I know Days of the Dead I'm sure there's tons more but th- those are the ones I've been to that are local for um, within my state but there's one that's gonna be it's about maybe an hour and a half two hour drive to go to this one if I went but the, the guy that plays Jason young Jason in part one Ari Lehman, I believe that's how you say his name, uh, is going to be there. First Jason. And I was like, dude, I need to go get his signature because obviously I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan and I really want to get signatures from all the Jasons or at least all the ones I can. Um, So yeah. Uh, And it got me thinking about conventions and how different things are because obviously pre-COVID, you know, there weren't any restrictions. I mean, the two horror hounds that I went to were a fucking blast. I got to meet Kane Hodder, Tom Sabini, Lloyd Kaufman, um, just fucking insanity. It was it was great. I mean, I couldn't afford to meet a ton of people, but the, the few that I did meet, uh, they were great. Just nice all around. Signed my stuff. Hell. Lloyd Kaufman didn't even charge. Got his signature on a Toxic Avenger poster and got a picture with him. What a what a fucking stand-up guy. Like Um, not to mention, you know, you get all the merch, you get like masks, there's T-shirts, there's toys, there's comics, there's movies. It's oh, it's so great. And I wish I had more money for these conventions because honestly i would have bought way more but i was satisfied with the purchases i made at the ones i've been to um but then of course we know 2020 happened and conventions were suddenly like "Uh oh how are we gonna do this are we gonna do this um and me and my friend were looking into it and we found one called days of the dead and they were actually holding a convention in 2020 um I want to say it was August, maybe September, because that's usually when the conventions happen, and me and my friend try to go. Um, and we went to this one; they were requiring masks, which you know, no big deal. Um, but I was like, "How is this going to work? Like, are they going to have the vendors uh, separated by like certain amount of feet?" And and they were. And this was a different place that we went to as well, so I didn't know the layout. Needless to say, it was in kind of a hotel, like a smaller-seeming hotel. Um, But they had two rooms reserved. The one room had the vendors, like the smaller vendors. Just based on that first room, I was like, oh, no. Like, did we waste money and time coming out here? Um, Because it really didn't seem like they had a lot. Uh, There was one booth with some toys, they were really overpriced. Like, he had the original NECA four-scale Michael Myers, and it was, like, $190. I mean, I'm sure that's probably a good deal to someone, but to me, with limited money at the convention, I I was like, eh. And uh, there was a couple celebrities that I was planning on meeting, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't end up getting anything in that first uh area as much i think i bought like a ghost face poster yep i can see it on my wall um i bought like a little keychain that was not even horror related (laughs) um and i got a super mario pin like i was really like what the hell um but then we went to the other area where most of the celebrities were and there was like a middle section with some more uh goodies and Stuff to buy. And like I said, when I go to these conventions, I, at least in the past, I haven't had a lot of money. Who knows what the future will hold. And obviously if I have more money, I mean, obviously going to try and look for the best deals. I'm not just going to waste it all on one or two things. But the celebrity area was pretty good. Uh, Tyler Maine from Rob Zombie's Halloween was there, so you know... You know I had to just keep walking. I was like, oh gosh, don't. Oh, and the chick that played Laurie Strode in that movie. Can't remember her name, but... Awful. Uh, Alex Vincent, who plays Andy in the Child's Play series, was there. And I was a little tempted to say hi and go get a signature and autograph. Or signature and an autograph, yeah. A picture. But I was like, eh... Because I didn't bring my good guy. I actually was tempted to bring it and get him to sign it. But I was like, I don't really want to carry that all around. Um, But the two celebrities that I went and met were uh, C.J. Graham from Part 6 and Warrington Gillette from Part 2. And man, oh man, night and day with those two. Uh, C.J. Graham was really cool. Uh, He actually ripped on my friend for wearing a Michael Myers shirt. He said something along the lines of, you know, it's a it's a pussy mama's boy that or it's a pussy that has to use his mom's kitchen knife. But a real man uses a machete, something like that. And it was really funny. And he was telling me little stories about how he used to run around and prank Kane Hodder because I showed him my tattoo with Kane's signature. And then just offhandedly, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to I'm going to give you an extra piece of paper with my signature on it. He's like... Well, actually, I, I told him about my idea to get all of the signatures on there. and I was like, would you be willing to do that? And he said, I will sign my name on a separate piece of paper. And he didn't charge me. He charged me to sign my tape, but I was—I knew that going in, in the picture. Which, yeah, we had to wear masks during the picture, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. This dude's nice. He's being cool. I'm not going to complain about a safety precaution. Um, but he's like, you got to get this signature above Kane Hodder's name. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get it. And that's when I kind of got the idea, like, hey, I should collect the Jason signatures from the different actors and try to get as many tattooed as I can. Um, so that's one of the reasons I want to meet Ari Lehman. Um, I think Ted White would be one of the harder ones to get a hold of. And uh, uh, some of the later Jason actors. Anyways. Oh, god. Uh, um. Ah, uh, shit. I'd really want to get the dude from... Uh, Freddy vs. Jason and the remake, too. I can't remember their names, but... I know I'm horrible. Whoa, I don't remember every detail. But, um... Yeah, and then meeting Warrington Gillette... He was a nice enough guy, but he was, like, kind of... Self-promoting some movie or show. I think it was a movie. And when I told him about the idea with the tattoo... He's like, how much will you give me? And I was like, really? Like, I'm already paying to get your signature and a picture, but sure. Like, it's like, I can do an extra 20. So he jotted his little signature down and that was that. And I was like, wow, that was kind of shitty. <laughs> but I was like, whatever. He did write some crazy shit on my tape. He wrote uh die, bitch, die or something like that. And I'm like, whoever said that in the movie? like he just threw me off it was weird but yeah obviously the conventions since covid i mean the only one i went to last year it was a way different experience and it was a different convention so if i could have gone to horror hound i probably would have but they did digital only um now i can't remember but i think they're doing it again this year and i'm like that's I get it, you know, safety's sake, there's gonna be a ton of people, but the restrictions have kind of been lifted, and I mean, they could take precautions, I mean I'm fairly certain if they were saying, hey, like, we're gonna do the convention, but we're only gonna sell a certain amount of tickets and you have to wear masks like, people would be down, I mean shit, people show up to those conventions wearing masks anyways, right? (laughs) Oh, that was bad, but yeah, I just I think it'd be more fun to go to a horror hound. Days of the Dead really didn't impress me. I mean, when it all boils down to it, I usually look at the guest list and see who's going to be at a convention because then I can just say, "Hey, I haven't met this guy yet. Let me go meet him." Um, always would go meet Kane Hodder if I could because um, he's, like I said, cool guy. I want to get him to sign more of my my Part Eight stuff. I got a poster that I'd love him to sign hatchet i could get them to sign some of that but um yeah just let me know have you guys had any experiences with any conventions last year or even this year that were like a little different kind of got you bummed out um and like i said i know it's it's a safety thing but i'm sure everyone is just dying to get back into the full swing of things um get out there and sell and buy lots of cool merch get to meet some of your favorite icons or actors. Um, So now, we're going to get to our second trailer that I'm going to talk about. And I haven't even seen this one. And here's why. And here's what it is. It's the Halloween Kills trailer. I haven't even seen the teaser trailer. Now, I know what his mask looks like. I know what the basic... Premises, you know oh he survived and he's pissed off and he's doing some more killing i know they're bringing back characters from the first movie i also know they're going to do a flashback um i'm going to explain to you my concerns about that here in a second but first let's talk about the trailer and why haven't i watched it um when they announced the 2018 movie i was i was all for it i was like hey let's Let's do this. Let's erase the other movies. Let's see what we can take this movie in a serious direction. I only knew a few things about the movie going in. I knew what he looked like. I knew they were trying to keep him human, which raised a few questions because I'm sure you've seen the original and he gets shot and then he's gone. So it's like, okay... But I didn't watch any trailers, no teasers, no nothing. I didn't look up any kind of plot details, spoilers. I went into that movie 100% blind. And let me tell you, that made that movie 10 times better upon first viewing. Because most times when they show a trailer, uh, especially like a good example, a Marvel trailer, they show a bunch of the good scenes. So you're, you're like, oh, I've seen that, damn. Damn so it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out I mean it's still exciting but you just you're like oh yeah I remember that it's not like holy shit like I wasn't expecting anything like that Um, and that's what I went into the 2018 movie like completely unaware of what I was getting into except for obviously it's a Halloween movie (laughs) haha and we're too lazy to change the title Um, and I had a fucking blast and when I found out they were doing two more, I was like, okay, now I'm really fucking confused because I thought he was human. And everyone's seen the 2018 one, they know Laurie trapped him in the basement, set the fucking place on fire. And it wouldn't be the first time, you know, they've tried to burn Michael Myers, but those movies, he was not human. He was also not a 60-year-old fucking man with fingers that had been recently blown off. So... I don't know what they're feeding him in the sanitarium, but shit, Michael's, maybe he's doing some mind yoga, because I mean, they're not going to have exercise equipment, he's not on the Bowflex or doing like fucking Tai Chi lessons, um, it's maximum security with psychopaths, like, that one dude was lucky he had that umbrella, um, <laughs> but anyways, so I knew they were making the sequel, I knew all these details, but I refused to watch a trailer. And because of my experience with 2018, that's why. I'm just, I know for a lot of people listening, it's going to be too too little too late. And you're probably the type that would never consider doing this. But I'm telling you, try it. Next time you hear about a movie coming out, Like it's, it's okay to be like, oh, I'm going to read a little bit of like who's going to be in it or what it's the synopsis because it's usually just a simple synopsis. It's nothing that's going to ruin it. Just going to be like, uh, this movie, these characters meet, and they go on this mission or something. Um, but yeah, and obviously the release date, you need to know that. But don't watch a trailer. Don't watch any clips. Don't, past a certain point, don't look up any more info about that movie. Just mark down the date, find out if it's coming out, and then go see it. And I'm telling you, you will enjoy that movie ten times better than if you had seen the trailer. Um... Now I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, well, that's how I know if the movie's going to be good or not. And it's like, well, if you really need a trailer to tell you if a movie's good or not, then you're doing it wrong. Because you're going to have certain directors or certain actors or certain movie genres or even franchises that you're going to like no matter what. Or you're going to go see no matter what. Look at the Saw movies. People were going to see those every fucking year Despite most people being like, you know, they should have stopped these long ago. But they'd still go see them. Because they were like, oh, I want to see the traps. Um, like I said, most of the trailers ruined most of the traps. They'd show them off. Off um, all, all the good ones, anyways. So then the only ones that were mysterious were the boring ones. <laughs> but that's that's my idea for that. Um, I'm also going to do it with the Spider-Man movie trailer. But that's not horror-related. But still... I just want to be surprised more. Um, so yeah, Halloween kills. Don't watch the trailer. Just go see it. It's going to be great. Uh, it comes out in October. It's not on Halloween, which is bullshit, but whatever. It's, it's in October. That's a good start. Um, so yeah, yeah. And finally, my last topic before we close this podcast out is about a horror toy series that most people kind of overlook. Um, I mean, nowadays we got the really highly detailed NECA figures. I mean, they're not the most durable, but I mean, come on. The people that collect NECA shouldn't be playing with them anyways. If you want to take them out and display it, be my guest. Take that risk. Just know that, you know, there's a lot of quality control issues and people complain about them breaking. But we're not here to talk about NECA. Um, There's also McFarlane, though. Everyone remembers McFarlane. They weren't, like, the best quality, but they were... Pretty sturdy. Most of them were more like statues, but McFarland did also have a lot of exclusive things that not a lot of people have made figures of since. Uh he's done the Blair Witch, he's done the Wishmaster, he's done Pumpkinhead. Like we don't we're never gonna get a NECA pumpkinhead, but that would be fucking awesome. Um say so yeah, you got all these different companies and stuff. Um and then you look at like classic toy lines. We're getting new Transformers stuff. We're getting new Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, for Christ's sake. All these classic toy lines are getting revived. Um, But there is one that kind of combines classic toy line and horror that everyone seems to have forgotten about, and that is Mighty Max. Do you guys remember what Mighty Max is? Maybe I'm just fucking old, but let me tell you, the early fucking 90s... uh, I'm sure everyone remembers Polly Pocket. Little playsets, little dolls. It's like a clamshell. You'd close it, and you could take the playset with you. Kind of cool idea. And a lot of companies at the time, they tried to capitalize on this. I remember I had a, a Star Wars Death Star one, and it had, like, a hangar for the ships, and it was actually pretty fucking cool. Um, And then they had, like, Ninja Turtle ones. They had little X-Men ones that looked like comic books. But Mighty Max, they were little heads of monsters that you would open up and there'd be a playset. Now, depending on the size, uh, there were really, really small ones that could, like, fit literally in just the palm of your hand. You'd open it up, it'd have, like, a monster glued to the wall, and then you'd get the hero figure Max. uh, Mighty Max, if you will. Um, So that's all you got with those. Then you had the horror heads, which were slightly more detailed. You'd open them up, there'd be a couple enemy characters that could come out. It would still be, like, you know, just a little small detail here or there on the inside, and you'd get your Max figure. But they were a little more creative. Like, there was a Lava Beast, there was a sea monster, there was a bat, there was a robot, it was, like, a Frankenstein-type thing. They were fucking cool. Uh, they were very colorful. The packaging was amazing, because it had, like, the, the monster in its head, head and hand, like, grabbing on the front, and then the back would have, like, a little mini-comic with a lot of bad puns and shit. Um... But then you'd have the Doom Zones. Those were the motherfuckers that I remember a lot, because I had a ton of them. I also had, like, a good majority of the Horror Heads growing up. But the Doom Zones were the big ones that could fit in your entire hand. Uh, the The Horror Heads were, like, a medium size. Um... But the Doom Zones would, would fit in your entire hand. They would open up, they'd have little traps or platforms or little interactive things that you could open or swing they were fucking awesome and you'd get that you'd get the villain or villains of the set depending on the theme and you'd get the max character uh later on you'd get two other characters uh virgil and norman part of the tv show honestly i never really cared about the tv show the toys were the shit that's where it was at um and the horror... Or the Doom Zones, my bad. Uh, the artwork for the front would be more of a comic book style. But it would also show... Like, the hand. Like, it would, if it was a fucking fly... It would be like a fly arm... Holding the Doom Zone. It was fucking awesome. And there were so many cool sets. There was like a skull one that opened up... And it was like a Frankenstein's laboratory. Uh, there was a scorpion... There was an ape, there was dinosaurs, there was uh, cybernetic skeletons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many cool ones. Uh, the fly, the spider one was probably one of my favorite ones. It looked like a big tarantula, and you'd open it up, and the legs for the, the Doom Zone were actually part of the tarantula figure that it came with. Um, so they were just really creative because like a lot of the inner pieces would stick out of these playsets. So you'd see them, but you'd be like, huh, I wonder what that is, and you'd open it up, and you're like, oh, that's an actual figure I get to use. Uh, they did it with the shark playset. It was like the fins were actually uh, little squids or something like that. It was fucking cool. But Mighty Max still has not received any kind of re-release, any kind of love, really, except for the the people who grew up with it. And, man, fuck us, because the prices are insane, and it's because there's only a select few group of people that remember them and buy them still. Um, and I've got a decent amount. I'm planning on getting more, but, man, they're hard to come by. If you're ordering them online, good luck. You're gonna pay an arm and a leg. I got lucky with a few of mine. Uh, and I found some at some local toy stores, but like, the cheapest one I bought was $70. And that was a Doom Zone. Um, yeah, literally. The well, okay. The cheapest one I bought was fifteen, but the packaging was a little fucked up. The guy, I don't think he he either didn't know or he didn't care what he had, because the packaging was so damaged. He probably figured I was just going to open it anyways. But I I taped it up. I don't care. I was like, I'm I'm going to keep it sealed, because I'm not getting rid of the packaging, even if I had opened it. Um. But yeah, Mighty Max. Uh, usually when you buy them, they're loose. Uh, I definitely don't recommend buying them loose unless you know what to look for. Especially with the bigger, more intricate play sets. Because beyond the Doom Zones, there's actual full-size play sets. Never had any of those growing up. I'm actually really wanting to look into getting one. But, like I said, there's a lot of pieces and stuff that could be missing. So, I'm going to have to do my own research and try to figure it out. Because it'd be kind of shitty to get one and missing pieces. And then you have to buy a lot off of ebay because it has like two pieces you're missing like no but that about wraps it up for this episode i've been rambling uh we got a bit of a longer episode out of it though so that's good um i gotta get to bed i'm tired sorry guys i'm i'm old i have to work i gotta earn money to to buy all this horror shit uh unless you guys want to start paying me money to buy horror shit then hey send it i'll gladly do it um but thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Um, let me know what you think. And I guess I will talk to you guys later on the forum. Take care.